0: to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz, yes, I need to, um, one of our listeners last week was um, justifiably disappointed that I did not commemorate the anniversary of the release of one of my favorite albums of all time. Is it Pyromania? That's one of them. It was the, you're so good. It was the follow up to Pyromania. I don't know that. Liz, Jesus. <laughs> I probably do Have know I it. Have I taught like... you nothing? <laughs> All right, Hysteria. what is it? Hysteria. Hysteria no. was released the first week of August, 1987. I remember just getting it in my car as soon as it was available. And I, I what was it called back in the day? It wasn't Best Buy, Fredder, one of those. I worked oh, at Oh, right. Was it to go, go to Tower store.
1: Records? Tower Records or The Warehouse? That was another one. No,
0: that was Northside. This was Western suburbs of Chicago. I don't remember where the hell I went. But I went and got the cassette. I was so excited because, you know, there was a big lag time in between because, you know, their drummer got in the accident and lost his arm. And Steve Allen, so they couldn't, um, Rick Allen. So they couldn't, um, they wouldn't go on without him. So then, remember, he learned how to play with one arm and then he used his feet. You, that's you don't awesome. remember why am I pretending that you know so anyway hysteria out I still love that I still listen to it a lot um, so that's what we've got
1: you know I think kids today don't understand how many different mediums we own the same album on right like we're, Gen X is uniquely positioned really of um, all the generations so you you got a tape. Or you may have even had a record, right? You could add a record. Then you had a cassette tape because then the tapes were the thing. Right. Then you had CD-ROMs, right? You had a CD. You get the CD, or God forbid, a laser disc. If you were that dummy who went that route, you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna invest in a laser disc or maybe that was just for movies. Then you had a CD, and then you had digital. So some of us may have used Napster, or LimeWire. I wouldn't know about any of that. Cause, and then you had, cause you had to have it on like your iPod. So you had to have the music portable. So you couldn't have like a CD. Nobody was carrying around a CD player anymore. And then, right. and then, or iTunes. I mean, you, so we own our favorite albums like t- five times. I can't tell you, you know, how many times I had bought the same album. Right. Or
0: especially cassette. Cause you would just tear those up. Like they were just oh yeah so easily mutilated. Roll it up with a pencil. Pencil. Yeah, I'll remember that, that It didn't always work. No. Oh boy,
1: or it would tear, or God forbid, it, depending on your car. I'm sure you've had it this where eaten. your car it would eat it. <laughs> it would eat it. Or you try to pull it out and then and then you pull the it out
0: would and it was stay just like and the ribbon would stay. Oh God. And then I'm you am just so swearing and be like, I have to spend another seven ninety nine on a cassette.
1: My car in high school ate my Jimi Hendrix experience tape. And that's OK. I'm still I will never forget that feeling like <laughs> of just wh- what am I going to listen to on the way home? Right. It did it in the my high school parking lot. I remember. I mean, it's very vivid because it was that traumatic. That's but late. you still are PTSD. These kids today don't know what it was oh, like they don't. They don't. for us. So, all right. Well, that's a good, that's a good flashback. So thanks for bringing that up. I wouldn't want anyone to think you were neglective, neglecting.
0: No, I can't neglect my deaf leopard. My, my, my leopard. So flashback, fast forward to the present time. And oh, talk, let's talk not. About- <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, uh so where do we start, Liz? Why don't you update us on the latest with the Biden family crime racket, what we learned this week and the media's latest attempt to cover it all up and just talk about Joe flicking a a bug off of a reporter's jacket as if that was heroic?
1: Yeah, we have a couple a couple of Biden related things. And normally August, it's supposed to be like a slow month because these little criminals, they're all home in their districts. They're not, it's a ghost town here in D.C. in August. Everybody's in their district or really, or, you know, in Bali or Fiji or somewhere fabulous on vacation. So it used to be a slow month here. It's not slow. So the House Oversight Committee has released a report, released a report yesterday that detailed um, a bunch of Hunt the Biden family. I'm not even going to say Hunter, because it's really not, it's the Biden family The Biden family racket um, that totaled $20 million in money payments, and I say that with air quotes and I'm winking, payments um, for, we don't know, dot, 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 the brand, um, you know, uh, influence peddling really is what it is. And um, there were. Having a lot of meetings after you know this this these these financial transactions occurred conveniently uh, close to certain meetings and some of the countries that the Bidens were getting money from included China, Kazakhstan, Russia, Romania, and the Ukraine. Right. So when I see that, I I take a step back and think, let's just look at this Biden situation try and look at it objectively and be generous and let's say maybe he is like maybe he does have a service maybe he does have a value um with w- i don't know with these bi- these foreign businesses then why didn't he ever do any business with like france or like england or okay. italy good point right, right. so Why are all the businesses that he, all the countries that he's dealing with or doing business with or helping with their businesses, why are they all like kleptocracies? It's just very shifty. Or Canada, right? Why was it Hunter Biden doing work for Canada? Right. So no, he's doing all of this. That's such a good point. That's a great point. Work. He's doing it for the most corrupt countries on the planet. So that's just very, very suspicious. Um, Now, again, Hunter Biden and his spokesperson in the Biden White House um, just keep denying that he was acting as a foreign agent because that in and of itself carries a different a certain responsibility. As far as our government's concerned, you have to register as a foreign agent. You can go now right now and look up and on the government database, I think the DOJ is the one that keeps the database. You have to fill out forms and you have to let the government know that you are going to be doing work on behalf of a foreign country. And Hunter, of course, has never filled out these forms. I, I'm not sure how he gets around it other than just saying he wasn't lobbying, but he obviously was lobbying. We learned a little bit more from Devin Archer. Devin Archer did a very long interview with Hunter Biden and also testified um, a not couple weeks ago. Tucker, with, no, right? No, not, he did the big interview with Tucker, and then he. But before that, yeah, he
0: yeah, you say he did an interview with Hunter Biden. I just want to. Clarify. Oh God, no, tu- Devin this, Archer. This worked out today, so her brain. might she might just. My be muscles a bit are ugly. sore, and my big exactly. blood left
1: my brain to like repair <laughs> my quadriceps right now. So there's not much going on upstairs. Um, but so Devin Archer talked a lot about this. Was asked a lot of questions by Tucker, and then also by the committee about what exactly his work was. And one of the answers he gave was, that, oh, well, it's the Biden brand. And he talked about how he was helping these countries with regulatory issues. And that is a big issue. Our government is so massive and everything is so very regulated. It's extremely difficult to maneuver um, within the all of the regulatory, the web of regulatory g- trash. So you do need to hire somebody that knows how to do it. But really what you need is you need to hire somebody who's going to get their phone calls returned. And one of the ways you get your phone calls returned is if your last name is Biden, right? So, but again, you're working with a foreign country and their relationship with the, our, our government and conforming to our law. So that is very much something that needs to be documented and, and, and announce that you're working for the interest of a foreign country before our government. And, you know, so again, they have com- completely denied it. The White and House. And these are
0: the sort of things that land other people in jail, like Paul Manafort. Yes, and right. um, it's important to. That's such a good
1: point because as much as they weasel around whether Hunter was a foreign agent or not, you know, Paul Manafort, who did time, didn't have that benefit of the doubt, right? He. Wasn't allowed to just say no, I'm not, and then it was okay. No, he, then he went, was okay. Yeah, he was charged with that, and he went to jail. So this this is just one instance of millions that you have this incredible double standard. Now mm-hmm. the White House, the White House response to this is that they haven't proved uncovered any proof that Biden um, was involved in this right? This is just Hunter. That's what their, 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 their angle is. Well, this is all just Hunter Biden. This is his son. Joe Mm -hmm. doesn't know anything about this. He's not, he has no idea what Hunter's doing. And that's just very difficult to believe for several reasons. One being that Hunter that the big guy was referenced in some of their business communications, which indicated that he was somehow getting at the very least a benefit. The other is that Devin Archer was very clear that Joe Biden was on the phone at least 20 times with these different countries and these business partners from other countries that Hunter was working for. Mm -hmm. And, I think I mentioned this last week, but I think it deserves repeating to say that even uh, going back and and seeing if this makes sense logically, we can say, well, let's say it's all on the up and up. Well, if it's on the up and up, why didn't Joe Biden tell his son Hunter it's not appropriate for him to be on the phone with him in front of foreign, you know, representatives of foreign countries he's doing business with? Why did he let Joe uh, Hunter travel with him on Air Force Two when he would go to, these kleptocracies like the Ukraine or China. He
0: went six times on Air Force Two to China with his father. I mean,
1: is that I mean, does that sound like somebody again, giving the benefit of the doubt? At the very least, you have the appearance of impropriety, which is something that you would want to minimize and not have. So it's very clear that um, Joe Biden knew what was going on and almost certainly depended on the money that Hunter was bringing in because it was referenced again on emails from the laptop where Hunter was complaining about how he is the burden of supporting the whole family with his grift, mm-hmm. including right. Joe. And, uh, one more time, Joe Biden has been a public servant almost his entire life. He was, I think right. in the house of representatives, then he was in the Senate, then he was vice president. Why is this guy rich? Why does this guy have vacation houses in Rehoboth beach? very expensive, fancy place. Why does he have several houses? How did he get rich? How did he get right. rich
0: on a servant, public servant's salary? We, we still don't have now an he answer to that. His, his book deal, his book advance was what? I don't care what kind of book advance you have. You're, you're still not affording all of that. No way. Well,
1: but when was his book advance? Was it before or after he bought all these his fancy Corvette, where he stored the classified documents he probably was illegally keeping, <laughs> or um, his right. beach house in Rehoboth, or whatever right. else. Like where, where, where was that? I mean, first of all, I mean it's obviously a payoff to have this guy write a book. He's non compos mentis, right? He's not in his right mind, first of all, to write a book. But did, I mean, did anyone give a shit about Joe Biden when he was vice president? I'm, this guy has never been a really popular politician. He's known on the Hill for being a bit of a dick as a human. He's not a nice guy. I mean, there's this weird. No, he's not psychology. a nice guy, right? Oh, there was he's this fucking Day. Joe. He's like our uh, Uncle Joe. No, Joe Biden was a fucking dick. All right. People who work with him. He was an he's an asshole all meaty. the time. Yes.
0: Right. Right.
1: He's a mean asshole. This idea that he's like a friendly, oh, he's a friendly old Uncle Joe. No, he's probably a pervert. He might be a rapist. And he was known as a dick. So, yeah. Anyway, so that is the latest big drop on Joe Biden's, um, the latest in the Biden family grift. It's completely disgusting, especially, again, knowing that um other people have been selectively prosecuted for not filing a foreign agent, you know, filing their papers saying that they're working um, for a foreign country. But here's something else. And just, if the vice president's son has a business relation with foreign countries that are adversarial, like China and Russia, he was getting money from Russia, and I don't even know what we classified Kazakhstan on as, that, that had to get some red flags going. Um, At the national security level, if you are an elected official and someone in your family is working for a foreign country and you don't think that the federal, you know, our our intelligence agencies are aware of that,
0: of course they were aware of it. Can I divert for a second and just remind our astute listeners who was the head of DOJ's public corruption unit from August of 2010 until February of 2015 as the vice president's son and the stepson of the powerful foreign relations Senate committee, then turned secretary of state, formed this company, vacuuming up millions of dollars from companies from countries around the world. To your point, not our allies, China, China. Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, who was the head, can you remind me, Liz, who was the head of that public corruption unit? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of, obviously you Smith? don't read my work. Ding, 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 Jack Smith. I knew, I knew it was Jack
1: Smith, Julie. I was just trying to add some flavor to the podcast.
0: Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you really have lost your mind this morning. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you really have no blood <laughs> in your brain anymore. Yeah, it's
1: Kevin thing better. that, so, one that thing that's so interesting about all these scandals as they unfold is that you just keep hearing the same names over and over again, right? It's just the same people over and over again are always the ones it's so that true. you, it's that so you find at the at the bottom, right? They're just yeah. over and over, and it's the same uh, same characters, like like cockroaches. They just keep coming back. So that is the latest. The White House, again, they're like, well, that's Joe. That doesn't have anything to do with Joe. Joe had nothing to do with it. Well, I'm sure that the investigators on the Judiciary Committee and the House Oversight Committee have hired forensic accountants, and they are probably trying to trace where all that money goes. And I believe that there was um, there are ways to, you know, hide that money. I think it's getting harder and harder to hide, hide money with everything being digitized. Um, Eventually, there's there's going to be there are places where you can't get certain records the British Virgin Islands pretty good about you know the shield stuff um, banking records but there's going to come a point where they're going to be able to find something but it doesn't even matter I mean again this is a ridiculous standard that nobody else is held to where you need concrete forensic proof of Joe Biden t- getting bags of money when other Big political figures have been smeared, prosecuted and imprisoned for with far less, uh, far lower standard of justice. So now, and, Liz, yeah. if we
0: really had if we had a serious national news media, which, of course, we don't, they're just compliant tools of the regime. I'm sure if some industrious reporter did a little bit of digging, they would find out what policy changes or policies advanced certain interests in Kazakhstan right yeah. i mean if somebody really looked at what what the vice president did i'm sure he traveled there you know he was in that part of the world quite often so i'm sure he was there at some point i'm sure he offered what the bidens did in ukraine and other places is energy infrastructure support right, right? that was the big thing in ukraine one of the reasons burisma put Devon Archer and Hunter Biden on the board was, of course, to um, cover up the corruption and investigations. We know what was going on in the UK the same month that Zofchewski was that the UK announced they were uh, that Zlovchesky and Burisma were under investigation for money laundering. They froze twenty three million dollars in assets in the UK. That's the very same month that he hired hired, quote unquote, Biden and Archer to serve on the board. But the other part of what burisma wanted to do was get a foothold in U- in u.s, US energy market. market right to further expand so it wasn't just the corruption part of it that's why it went on for so long is they were trying to use those two um, to get um to get a, a foothold here in in our um energy infrastructure and i so that that's one part of it but at the same time joe biden is going to ukraine giving the ukrainians money specifically saying it's to help energy infrastructure in ukraine which benefited burisma because they're the largest natural gas producer in that country so it was it it's very easy to track not just the you know prosecutorial end of 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 using hunter as a shield from that successfully getting shokin victor shokin fired um, but also giving our money to Ukraine that ultimately benefited Burisma? It has to be something similar in Kazakhstan, right? Oh, I mean, why oh, would they? It's a hundred it's percent. I mean,
1: basically what you want to look at is what was the regulatory framework going on involving Kazakhstan, right? Did they have they have some issue before CFIUS, right, right. which is the entity that approves like foreign, certain foreign deals that I think, um, have to do with sensitive, insensitive industries like national defense areas like energy, which is a certain national security issue, um, with a regulatory regulations relaxed. I mean, just think about what, how you're priming the situation for a foreign energy company to come and do business in the U S and a board member has the same last name as the vice president of the United right. States. That right. is how the game is played. So, um, I'm almost certain that it may not even have been, like, straight-up legislation. The question is just, you know, were EPA regulations relaxed? Did they have some issue there? Was it, um, again, they have issued business before CFIUS? Were were there other agencies, the um, Energy Department, that – Secretary, Secretary of Energy, what was going on over there with, in Kazakhstan? Was it, it have to do with imports? I mean, uh, you, you make a great point, which is that this is not difficult to figure out what was going on, where you kind of make out a timeline and say, well, what when they got money from China here, and then what transpired, right? Did we lift up tariffs? Did we, um, you know, get lax on IP, like interlo- in, in intellectual property matters? this is really journalism 101 and it's something that we know they can do because they seem to be able to go off like crazy making ridiculous connections where trump is concerned you know with the alpha bank and the secret russian server that trump had that was secretly communicating with russia during the campaign that of course turned out to be nothing um so they do kind of know what they're supposed to do the media just is you know they're basically accessories after the fact they're they're right. they're part of the crime, right? They're part of covering up the crime. So this is going to be very interesting to see uh, where they go. I, I almost feel like it and and kudos to James Comer. I mean, we're very critical yes. of, of our elected officials here. Um, right. They're mostly worthless. But really, kudos to James Comer, who has just been utterly re- relentless. Um, but I, I do have to say, I almost think it won't matter what he finds. The The media is simply not covering this. They're not just not going to cover it. They're going to pretend it isn't there, which is really how you know that they are bad actors, right? That nothing that they say or do is in good faith. They're not good journalists. So
0: the only person who had the temerity to confront Joe Biden to his face yesterday is Fox's Peter Ducey. Now, I thought Peter Ducey's attempt at getting an answer was very clumsy. If you're going to confront the president about potential corruption and lies, you better be really prepared to ask the question. And I thought it was a lost opportunity because he was sort of like, hey, Devin Archer says you were on speakerphone with some of Hunter's business partners. Is that true? And of course, Biden, to your point, nasty man that he is snapped and said, Oh, I knew you'd have a lousy question. He's like, well, why is that a lousy question? Then he walked away. No, you, you need to have the facts and details. Here's exactly what he said. Were you at cafe Milano in 2014 with, um, not such the the other guy, uh, barisma executive, you lied and said that you never were, but we have testimony now that you were there. Were you there? Like give a direct question. So even the, you know, so-called media who tries to do their job doesn't do it very well. But they are full on burying. I know that um, I think it's Newsbusters is covering the zero reporting from the major news networks and other outlets uh, that have just completely ignored the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it. it, it. I, I don't think it matters what Comer uncovers, they're just gonna keep ignoring it. And you know, all of the journalists at the White House pressers, um, who were so bold and courageous during Trump and were nasty oh,
0: and screaming all vicious the
1: yep. they these people they have they're just like now they're just like little just kittens. You know, they're like, Oh kitten, I'm a kitten, pat my stomach, Kareem Jean Pierre, you know, it's just gross. And, you know it's just going to keep it's going to keep happening. I think these investigations are going to continue to reveal more and more information. And it's all it's going to do is make the half of the country that sees it angrier and angrier about how corrupt it is. While simultaneously, at the same time, watching these these cr- these crazy things related to Trump that are being done to Donald Trump. And just one other thing to go back to Devin Archer's testimony. I think it was no, maybe not. It was Devin Archer. But just talk. Oh, it was from the IRS whistleblowers who were talking about how gentle and careful and how on eggshells that the IRS and the DOJ was about doing anything with Hunter because, you know, it was an election and we want to interfere and it's the vice president's son and all this care and concern. But the same people are just driving like a Mack truck right on through to get Trump. They don't give a shit, right? They're going to break all of the traditions. They're going to go right after him. They don't care about, you know, raiding the house of a former president and just they just don't, and it's just so, all so blatant that contrast with the pussyfooting around Hunter and the gent being gentle. We don't want to, we need approval and just full on beat down with Donald Trump. And I think people, even people who aren't super big Trump supporters, are just getting so disgusted with the, the degree of um, unfairness of it all.
0: Um, so, anyway, so Julie, what else is happening this week? Oh, happened. my! So much um so much to cover. So, Jack Smith, as we know, um is prosecuting Trump for two matters: the classified documents case, which is being handled in Southern Florida and the January sixth, twenty, twenty. Uh, election attempts to overturn the results of the election investigation. Um, But I think what the more interesting side story to both of those those cases are the judges in charge of both of them. So this is really going to be a tale of two judges more than two cases and what's happening to Trump. Is you've got Judge Aileen Cannon in the Southern District of Florida, um, who I've, I've covered her since she appointed the third party special master in uh, Trump's lawsuit, wanting someone else besides DOJ and FBI to sift through the 13,000 pieces of evidence they stole from Mar-a-Lago a year ago. So she understood that and did appoint the special master. It was overturned, but um, she made some very bold statements about DOJ and FBI's behavior, including leaks coming out of the investigation early on and the mishandling of privileged communications between what they call the filter team and then the investigative team. So she's got their number. You know, she was born in Colombia. Her mother fled communist Cuba. So I'm sure she's well aware of what she's seeing before her eyes, and that is a government regime using its power, abusive power, unaccountable power, uh, to inflict punishment on their political enemies. So she is one tough cookie. And what she did this week was she denied Jack Smith's motion again to keep two uh, filings under seal she did this previously, they wanted to keep under seal a list of 80 potential witnesses that Donald Trump couldn't communicate with. She said, um, no, you're that doesn't need to be under seal. I don't think that they have filed it yet. Um, and then two, she wanted attachments to Jack Smith wanted certain attachments to a motion that they filed a few weeks ago. Um, Asking basically for a hearing to get rid of uh, one of Walt Nauda, who is Trump's co-defendant, get rid of his attorney Stanley Woodward, who's a very good attorney, has represented several January 6th defendants. Try to get him booted off the case because he has conflicts of interest. So DOJ came to Judge Cannon and asked for what's called a Garcia hearing, where Walt Nauta, would they would explain to him what the potential conflicts are. Maybe some of the defendants that. Stanley Woodward already represents, could be witnesses in that case. You could see the games they're playing, right? So this is the game. Yeah. They don't want Stanley Woodward to represent Mr. Nada. So now they're saying, oh, well, you can't talk to these 80 witnesses. Oh, OK, will you defend this guy. He might be a witness, too, because we know everything that comes out of Jack Smith is a lie. It's a bold faced lie, except he's running up against Judge Cannon, who knows that most of what Jack Smith says is total bullshit. So not only did she deny and ordered the clerk to unseal the two records that Jack Smith had sealed on, had had filed under seal. She also suggested to the defense team that they seek ask why Jack Smith is continuing to use an out of district grand jury yeah. to continue to investigate classified documents case. That's a baller move. Such a baller, a, move. Such that, a baller she, move. That such a baller. Um, meeting the D.C. grand jury. So what happened? Because the media and the quote-unquote legal experts, you know, the Andrew Weissman and Barb McQuade's and all of those low of the world, started shrieking that Judge Cannon had disclosed secret information about the workings of a grand jury. Well, as I spent two days pointing out to these morons, liars. No, it was Jack Smith who disclosed it in the Garcia hearing motion that was filed on August 2nd. He very plainly states, we still have, we have ongoing grand jury um, proceedings in both this district and the District of Columbia. He's the one who disclosed it. She was simply repeating it in her order. Now, Jack Smith knows he's in trouble for this, which is why, Liz, almost the entire classified documents investigation was conducted in Washington, D.C., Why not a single crime alleged in that now I think it's 40 count indictment, not a single crime allegedly occurred in Washington, D.C. It all allegedly occurred in southern Florida. In fact, the dates of the documents that Jack Smith says that Trump willfully retained the date for all of them as to when he unlawfully, willfully retained them was January 21st, 2021. He was out of Washington, D.C. Nothing alleged there happened in Washington, D.C. He didn't pack the boxes. He didn't go you know, to the Pentagon and steal the n- nuclear secrets and stuff it in a banker's box to be sent to Mar-a-Lago somebody else did that so the reason of course they conducted the investigation in DC is to get the rubber stamp rulings from right. from people like Beryl Howell etc so what did Jack Smith do at the last minute he goes to southern Florida realizes he has a venue problem realized not he realized knows he has a venue problem apparently they read the grand jury transcripts to a Florida grand jury and that's Amazing. how they get the indictment but why, Judge Cannon was basically asking, why do you still have a D.C. grand jury investigating? So people were going nuts about that. That's why she is tough, very courageous, because 99.9% of federal judges will are will go along with whatever the government wants. So that was the big hubbub there. So we're waiting for responses to the Gar- that Garcia motion, and those should be filed next week. Contrast that to Tanya Chutkin's. Courtroom. Oh yeah, she is the Obama appointed judge, a brazen partisan, just like everyone else in that D.C. District courthouse. She's handling the January sixth indictment. So what's happened recently is Jack Smith filed a very strict protective order. Trump's attorneys referred to it as, as a blanket gag order as to how Trump could handle view the uh, discovery, meaning the evidence the government has against him. Um, and very putting tight restrictions on even how he can see the evidence. So they tried, I guess, to work this out, Jack Smith's team and the defense attorneys. They couldn't. Um, they filed. So at the last minute, last Friday night, Jack Smith filed this protective order, included Trump's true social post that says if you come after me i'm going to come after you they said that he was inferring he was referring to jack smith or an inference to jack smith and that's why they needed this protective order right away so tanya Chutkin, instead of allowing the defense the normal 14 days to respond to a government motion gives team trump two days this was mm-hmm. order, last saturday morning one business day two days to respond So they finally did file their response on Monday evening, and this is a battle going back and forth. Um, Trump's team, not to get too in the weeds, changed it to say sensitive materials, because the protective order that the DOJ wants says all materials. Well, usually protective order is to protect sensitive or classified material. There's plenty of other evidence that needs to be cited in motions. that now DOJ would want kept under seal. And so they they're going back and forth. They can't resolve it. Trump's team says to Tanya Chutkin, Hey, we're jammed up this week. Obviously his lawyers are pretty busy. You know, we're available next Monday or Tuesday for a hearing. She goes nope and sets the hearing for Friday at 10 o'clock. Um, so that's where that's the, the contrast between the two cases, the two judges, and um, how both of them are going to proceed quite differently.
1: That just makes no sense. Is there any reason at all that, that that these things need to be under seal, like at all? Or is it just a blatant move to, you know, maneuvering on the part of the
0: DOJ to ask for that? Yes, it, it totally is. Um, so, but they know that Whatever they ask Tanya Chutkin for, she gonna not get only it. will she give it to them, she's gonna put the screws to Team Trump. So it's not just like, hey, okay, protective order, we need the normal response time. No, you're gonna respond and you're gonna do it in 48 hours, or else you're gonna be penalized, et cetera. Yeah, that's disgusting,
1: but n- un- not unexpected. I mean, <clears throat> just to all our listeners, I mean, this is this is a done deal. Like. This yep. is a, a. It doesn't matter what what happens. I mean, honestly, I feel like telling Trump to save your money on the attorneys and let it, you know, let it go because it doesn't matter how many attorneys and how solid your legal arguments are. Um, it's a done deal. Now, I will say, of course, they want to keep the appellate option open, so don't fire your attorneys. You you do want the best attorneys, but you need to. You basically you need to set this up to appeal for the appeal because this stupid bitch chunkins is going to completely steamroll she's like really basically on the defense counsel's team is what it is that's what's going to happen so this is a done deal um i know i've seen people say oh well we'll let all the evidence come out we'll find out what's going on you know that's really not what this is about this is not about getting information or you know proving your case and uh, trump isn't presumed innocent like you're traditionally supposed to be anyone who's A Republican uh, or on the right side of the political spectrum um, is not presumed innocent like our jurisprudence or, you know, demands. They're presumed guilty. So um, I'm sure it's just going to keep getting more and more absurd as as this case progresses. And of course, there are numerous other cases brewing um, against Trump at the state level. And I'm sure Jack Smith has left his opportunity, you know, has left the option open to add even more charges to um, Trump because he's filed also in D.C. I mean, it's just it's really it's just astounding that this is what we've come to.
0: Well, the D.C. legal judicial system is so dirty and so corrupt and so opaque Um they it's not even that they want to keep what they're doing away from Trump and keep materials away from it they don't want the American people to see this and we just learned this again with another bombshell coming out this week that Jack Smith um, sought a search warrant on Twitter to get Donald Trump's records related to his Twitter account so not only did he Ask for the search warrant, he wanted that warrant and any production of the materials from Twitter kept under seal on a non disclosure order for at least six months. So they didn't even, so the initial case, and I've just tried to find it on the docket, you can't find a thing. So they try to get the search warrant. Of course, it goes to Beryl Howell, the chief judge again. She signs off on it, not just on the search warrant, but also keeping it under wraps under this non disclosure order. What's hilarious, and I'm going to have a piece up on my sub stack um, uh, later in the next couple hours or days, whenever we get this podcast up, detailing this appellate ruling that, of course, upheld Beryl Howell's decision to force Twitter to produce all of the records of Donald Trump's Twitter account, but also keep it under seal in this non-disclosure act. But Liz, part I think the most absurd thing that the appellate court ruling disclosed uh, is that jack smith and beryl howell both claimed must be in their filings and in her order allowing it that donald trump was a flight risk and that's (laughs) the reason why he couldn't know that freaky weirdo jack smith wanted to look at his dms on twitter
1: was this was this when he was okay this is recent so didn't we laugh about this last week about how about the idea that Donald Trump is a flight risk being like the most recognizable person yes. on the planet and I mean right. we we're making fun of the idea that Trump is a flight risk and yes. here we go I guess let I get let let no um, they, they just don't care how absurd that things they argue because they know they're just going to get their way but also like what do you th- what do they think is in the in his Twitter like do they think he's like DMing people I mean,
0: Uh, obviously, that's what they think. Well, no. What Beryl Howell had to do is say that, yes, she believes and she did say that there was evidence of a crime on Trump's Twitter account. What they're looking for are DMs and, believe it or not, deleted tweets. That's what they want.
1: So um, why does that have to be under seal? Like, why would why is that secret? Like, what would be the what's the what are they arguing that they wanted that under under seal?
0: Well, number one, because they can get away with it, because they did. And and her order is still under seal. And Jack uh, Jack Smith's petitions in the court are also under seal. And Twitter's responses are also under seal. Because Twitter fought not necessarily the production of the records, but the non-disclosure aspect of it. Because they were saying, hey, in the Stored Communications Act, it doesn't apply. And these are First Amendment rights. We want to notify our user um, that we have to produce these records. Now, the other side of this, Liz, is that DOJ is not used to big tech telling them no because they've been doing this for two and a half years going to social media companies going to google going to amazon going to bank of america wherever they want american airlines and forcing them to to, not forcing they're happy to do it turn over customer information including deleted social media pages on facebook and twitter uh, turn those over to doj make it part of their investigation and it turns out and it's often used as evidence against these January 6 defendants. So this is not really new. The fact that, and I mean, this is in regular affidavits. To your point, that's a great question. I can say I'll point to 100 affidavits that say, oh, the FBI under the legal process sought this Google information, sought Amazon Here's the guy bought this on Amazon. Here he's wearing it on January 6th. Like, this is the craziness that's been going on. But the fact that they want Donald Trump's, you know, that's a little bit different, obviously. So they want it under seal because it's absurd. They want it under seal because they don't want to have to ask, answer questions. Beryl Howell never would. Jack Smith doesn't. But it just lends itself to the absurdity and the dirtiness of what Jack Smith is doing. Think about the voyeurism of this DOJ and Jack Smith. So they want to read his DMs. They want to look at the inside of his house for nine months. That get security footage. Thanks again to Beryl Howell. They have FBI agents in his house for nine hours rummaging through all of his personal items and personal areas of his home. I mean, these are sort of sick, twisted people. That's not a normal investigation. You are a voyeur. Like, there's something wrong with you. That is that is really
1: crazy because I'm, I'm thinking of the timeline of trump on twitter and trump was was um banned on twitter pretty right soon after january 6th right so maybe january 7th or 8th i don't know the exact date but he was very quickly i think banned. it was the 10th and right yep. yeah some of his tweets were removed even though there was nothing wrong with them Like they said, why didn't Trump tell people? Well, he did, but you deleted it when he said stop and this is don't do this, you know, knock it off. Right. Um, But he wasn't really on Twitter for that long after January 6th. So it's just weird that they, I mean, they're doing it because they can, which is the point you made. Because really, what do they think he's plotting the insurrection
0: in Twitter DMs? Is
1: that what he's, is that what they're going to say? Well, obviously,
0: I mean, don't all insurrectionists, plot their nefarious actions on Twitter DM. I bet you. So it's so intrusive, but they don't care. It's gratuitous because it's,
1: it's, it's punishment. It's like, I hate to use, well, it's like, it's a violation that they're, they're doing to sort of like a victory lap, right? They're like, look what we can do to you. Now I will, say that I am almost 100% certain that Donald Trump did not use Twitter DMs. Okay. I do not believe that, tw- that Trump doesn't use email. He doesn't text. And I'm almost certain he not communicate in Twitter DMs. So now they can find that. they'll. I guess they found that out. But, but I'm almost certain he did not. Think, okay, just think about how many people would DM Donald Trump's account on Twitter. <laughs> can, would he just be yep. like going through all of his DMs trying to find the one with like substance that isn't right. someone saying, "Hey, I hope you die," or someone else saying, "Hey, I love you so much, you're my president." <laughs> you know, just, it, it's again, it's 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 shoving your face in the pile of shit, right? That's what it is, and it's invasive and it's violating, and they're doing it because they can which is just gross. So I think this is only going to get worse, as you've predicted. It's just going to get more and more outrageous. Half the country has no idea what's going on because they are getting news from places that are ignoring this entirely. And of that subset, I, mean, I would say like 15% have Trump derangement syndrome. So they, they, they all? literally- don't care. Well, I mean, of people that are left of the left, I would say, well, maybe you're right. It's probably 30%. I would say like 30 to 40% um, don't care. Like they are perfectly happy to have Trump thrown in jail Oh yeah, for anything and not even anything, just throw him in jail. I mean, just these are people like, that they're like, they're they don't guilty. believe in, he
0: should be in jail already. Oh, okay.
1: They don't sure. believe in due process. It's just like they don't believe in first amendment and the Second Amendment, and probably many of the amendments, um, they don't believe in, really, the structure, the Constitution, or any of the structure of our country. So, again, (laughs) so none of this is a surprise. But I just think it's going to get worse. And all it's going to do is make the half of the country that is paying attention angrier and angrier and angrier. And it's very dangerous. um, And that's what they want, right? Right. they, They want that. They want to provoke another... Um, They want to provoke some outburst. Right. So they can get even more power um, to, you know, just imprison people for um, just thinking the wrong things. I mean, that's basically what it is anyway. I mean, when when you have the DOJ or subpoena in your private communications, I mean, that's kind of what they're doing is they're investigating your private thoughts. Uh, Why couldn't why can't I email anything I want to someone else? Right. I mean, I can say anything. I'm not doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It doesn't even mean I can email things that I that are untrue to someone else but they don't even want that level of communication allowed you're not even allowed to be exposed to certain ideas and of course we saw that in practice during COVID and then following the election where you weren't even allowed to question the election um, of 2020 but you mm-hmm. were allowed to question the election of 2016 because again it's not about questioning the election
0: it's about certain people questioning the narrative um Well, also, apparently, Liz, you can't be um, like maybe a little weird 73, 75 year old man who posts pictures of himself with a gun and like a mask and says mean things about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You can't do that either. If you do, an FBI SWAT team is going to come break down your door at 6 a.m. in the morning, scare the hell out of you, possibly your disabled son. Uh, have armed agents, no doubt, who knows what else they had, and um, try to arrest you because you're posting mean things about Joe Biden and then shoot you dead and leave you in the street, which is what the FBI did this week in Utah. Um, and we'll never get the truth about that story, except the media all over was all over it yesterday saying, well, this man, look at his Facebook page. He has these weird photos of himself with a military garb and holding a rifle. OK, was that against the law? No. Making threats about Joe Biden, you better not come to Utah. Or okay, should you post those things? No, probably not. Very smart, but you can't just send a few investigators or local police to your house and say, "Hey, dude, this is probably not a good idea." No. So they raid this man's house shoot him dead, leave him there, and now we're told they did it because he was making legitimate threats against the president, vice president. Oh, and by the way, the prosecutors who are going after Donald Trump, that's what they said.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because um, on a regular basis, worse is said and done to people who are Trump supporters. I mean, if you go on the internet and you make it known that you're a Trump supporter or a Republican, the response you get from people who, who again, what I think people on the right are a little bit more reserved about sharing their political opinions online as, as the regime wants. But people on the left feel like everybody is in agreement with them. And so they have no problem making threats against somebody that does come out and post something on Facebook or something and says, you know, I think Trump's being unfairly targeted. You see what the comments are. If you have people who are in your friend, oh, you know, God. that you're friends with. They they'll say worse than whatever this guy was saying about Joe Biden, like you should die or, you know, get out of a country. I hope they lock you in jail. I mean, those people remember when January 6th started and all the investigation into hunting down the mimos and the grandpa's um, who were on the grass outside the Capitol started. The people on Twitter were like, they they just need to go to jail. They didn't want a trial. Just put them in jail forever. Right. The same people, of course, were like, oh, there's so many people in the jail. We need to get all the drug offenders and gun offenders out are like, no, right, because they want room for uh, for us. So it it just makes me I don't mean I don't know the whole story about this guy. I don't know what he was doing. Was he plotting? Was he renting cars to go to D.C. to come and get hunt these people down? I don't know. I'm probably not. But if you post stupid shit on the Internet, does that merit a DOJ response? Well, if they don't like you, it does. It does, I that, and
0: I mean that's that's simply the reality. So, but you know, this guy is what I mean. We don't really even know what his mental capabilities are. He's you know seventy three, seventy five. I guess he uses a cane. He's looks he sounds significantly right overweight, now. right? So I don't really know what kind of real threat. Um, but so we'll and as quickly as the story gets buried after the headlines, then we'll know that they've been lying. So
1: Where where are all our advocacy groups, our loud advocacy groups against police brutality? I mean, have they yep. started speaking up yet? Julie, are they, do we have a hashtag? Uh, I'm waiting. Have they come up with a hashtag? Is there a hashtag uh, yet? I'm,
0: sl- I'm still waiting for the ACLU to defend the rights of um, political prisoners. I'm still right. waiting for that. I'm waiting for uh, all these lawyers to step up who stepped up to help, you know, Al-Qaeda and ISIS terrorists who actually murdered people. Um, you know, maybe they could lend a hand to, a guy who was uh, walked in the Capitol for five minutes and having his I mean, life you, destroyed. But no, you can't compare. Speaking of destroyed shaman. before before we sign yeah. off, because there's so much news. Apparently, the January 6th select committee um, yeah. I was going to ask they, about that <laughs> misplaced. Maybe it's in Liz Cheney's um, underwear drawer. I I don't know. But Fox News they, reported bleach bitted. They bleach bitted all their records. <laughs> Yes. Amazing, isn't it? So and it just so happens, Liz, that the records that are missing relate to um, law enforcement, security and intelligence failures on January 6th, which, of course, we know were on purpose. Um, So that was called the blue team who was investigating that. Now, the blue team actually was quite pissed off last year. And this is why the report was delayed, because. Liz Cheney wanted to make the whole report about Trump and the blue team, I guess to their credit, was like, well, no, we actually found significant intelligence security and law enforcement failures that day that we want to make a focal point of the report because that's how this all happened. Um, And that got actually buried in an appendix in this 830 some odd page report. So the blue team people were not happy. So now all of a sudden, whatever work they did has disappeared. And we already Hmm. know, Liz, that there are hundreds of interview transcripts, despite what Benny Thompson and Adam Schiff and Liz Cheney said, that they were going to make those transcripts available to the American people. Hundreds of them are still not on the January 6th archive, including, I know this will shock you, Bobby Engel, who was the driver of the vehicle, um, the man who Trump, according to Cassidy Hutchinson, tried to strangle tried to because That's right. he was taking Trump to the White House instead of the Capitol where he wanted to go. Yeah. That transcript still is nowhere to be found.
1: Yeah. More th- cover up. This, re- this reminds me of um, Adam Schiff's on the impeachment committee where he interviewed all of these people and then lied about what they said and and kept the actual transcripts uh, you know, yep, they were that's right. it was too yep. sensitive. I mean, it's, it's a typical maneuver. It's like they keep the actual information out so that they can form the narrative. And then by the time the information comes out, well, it's already served its purpose, right? The lie has already served its purpose. Um, I, I uh am I'm not surprised at all. And the unfortunate thing is that there's really no, nothing that will, there will be no consequences, right? Well, there are like the, the Republicans do not even have the manpower to handle the stuff that they're investigating now, to even expand it into uh, yet this area and um, find out, well, what happened to all the documents? I mean, to hold a hearing and have investigations and interview people and then do what? You and refer them to the DOJ. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of a joke. So um, I did saw that and I wasn't – I snickered. I'm not going to lie because <laughs> – really that surprised uh very ballsy uh but again why wouldn't they be there's no consequences I just have one other thing I wanted to bring up before we close I read I read I think yesterday that your friend Elvis Chan is in a bit of hot water
0: I saw Uh, that
1: mm -hmm. do you want to tell everyone about Elvis Chan who's a liar
0: Apparently. So Elvis Chan lied. Shocker. So Elvis Chan was basically the <laughs> FBI's conduit between the bureau and big tech. He works out of the San Francisco FBI field office. He was in cahoots. I think he said monthly, then weekly, then I think maybe daily communication. hourly, hourly <laughs> moment, hourly. minute by minute uh, leading up before the 2020 election to bury the Hunter Biden laptop story and other things so um apparently he lied to congressional investigators
1: oh wow that is that what happened
0: yes Yes,
1: he 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 did he lied to congressional investigators again a a a, a crime with no consequences because again gonna be sent over to the doj where it will go nowhere um but you know i mean this is like, again, I say this maybe every week, they're doing something now we're going to find out about in two years. Just like now it's been two years and we are it's almost three years, I guess. We are now, you know, we're learning all about what Elvis Chan was doing during the election. And so now we're going to learn in two years something that's happening right now. Yeah, and absolutely. That we, are, we are so busy with all of the shit they're throwing at us with these crazy Trump things and um, the Hunter stuff and all of this other misdirection that people aren't paying attention to something else that we will find out about in two years. And then in three more years after that, Andy McCarthy will write a piece (laughs) where he will say he was wrong. I was wrong. Two years earlier. (laughs) No offense to Andy. Anyway, I just want to say one quick thing before we go to I know I lied and said that was my one quick thing, but I just saw um, on Michael Malice's podcast. He has an hour-long interview with Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman. So oh, it kind of does. Okay. You should watch that. It was good. It was interesting. I was really. Um, it was good to. Michael's a really good interviewer, so he really knew how to what questions to ask. Um, about to really bust through all of the the myths surrounding the man the myth the legend you know
0: right the qanon
1: shaman who's just like kind of a little weird but just like seems like a nice guy you know he he
0: is he he is he's just a you know he's a little bit of an oddball he uh was ordered um the judge an oddball it's not right Um, I still my favorite tweet of mine, if I can brag on January 6th of actual January 6th, 2021, when they had the picture of him at the Senate dais and that went all over. I'm like, okay, I would rather have him run the government right now than pretty much anyone in Congress. Like, could we do worse than Jacob Chansley? I mean, we couldn't. I mean, we do. We We have worse. Um, Nowhere to go but up. Right. Nowhere nowhere to go but up in there. He's yeah. actually a very bright man. I I heard him in a few, especially his sentencing hearing where he begged for mercy uh, to not go to jail and was promptly sentenced to 41 months for obstruction of an official proceeding plea deals, so, because we're a, a lunatic country. Um, he's actually very bright. And, um, you know, I I'm really hoping that he gets some sort of compensation or, or I would say retribution, but that's not going to happen. But it, it's good to see him restore his reputation a little bit and people realizing how wrong he was and by extension, so many others. So I will I'm I'm going to check that out this weekend. You should
1: tune in. It's it is really it is really unfortunate because a lot of these people know that they are the j Sixers. know that they are. There's no chance of winning and they aren't getting justice. So they have to basically take a plea deal. And in the plea deal, they can't appeal. right? You have to agree that you're not going to appeal. And that is just really unfortunate because we like to think in our process that you are allowed to appeal what you think is an unjust decision that comes out of a fact that this jury is, um, you know, Biased, but also or, and the judge, but also the fact that these laws are not being applied properly. People mm-hmm. are being charged with with crimes that they didn't commit. They're not right. Like it's like claiming that uh, obstructing an official proceeding is what happened on January 6th is a joke, but they're never going to get that chance. Because when they all and most people, I think most people you would know better, Julie, do just take a plea deal. They want it over. They, they do. aren't going to get a fair trial. They're not going to get out. They're not right. going to get they're not going to be found not guilty by the jury. So right. what choice do they have? They, they can't afford a, a a lawyer. It's kind of really a good lawyer would cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to, like, t- you know, put the screws to the DOJ. These people don't have their poor. They're the poor's. So um, it's. Anyway, I mean it's it's unfortunate. This is just a really perversion of justice. And and on that happy note, as we always do, we're gonna end happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> we are? Okay. <laughs> on that happy note. So thank you so much. Are you gonna be here? Julia, we gonna be here next week.
0: Yes, we will. I'm sure we'll have as much news as we had this week and last yep. week and whatever. Yeah. Slowing down. Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, give us five stars. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.